Hello, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivated individuals press on towards the mark of self-actualization using a combination of old school wisdom and newbie tactics to help achieve this end. My name is Sim, and I'm going to be your host. And today, we're going to be getting into the issue of control. So this episode is going to be more or less of a response to an email that I got a couple weeks back from a brother. Great brother, great guy, but I think his response to this situation, his reaction rather, was kind of overblown. Um, So I won't read the email verbatim, but basically he said that he had some problems with his sister and that she was dating a guy who wasn't good for her. And they ended up breaking up and all this stuff. And turns out they go hiking on the same trail or same mountain range. And to not see him and to avoid him, she takes a higher, more dangerous path every time she goes hiking. And this guy who wrote to me, he's not too happy about that. He's not too happy about that, right? And on top of that, the ex-boyfriend... Uh, is stunned on Instagram and social media with new girls that I believe he hooks up with or that he's just posing with. I don't, I don't exactly know. The email wasn't too, too clear on that. And then he said she ran to him for comfort and he believes he said the wrong things to her and didn't comfort her. And he's wondering how he's going to fix the situation, probably looking at some type of physical escalation, I'm assuming. And he says he is not thinking clearly. Then he said he had other problems with people at the gym and where people act tough to him. And he believes that he is branded by society as a tough guy and the world made him this way and all this stuff. And yeah. So I appreciate emails like this because it makes me so secure in the knowledge that problems like these can be solved with principles. And as you know, principles are first order Causes that direct many things in life. So in another episode, I talked about the tale of the Gordian Knot. And if you don't know the tale of the Gordian Knot, then there was this legend in ancient Greece of this giant knot in the kingdom of Phrygia, which is present-day Turkey. And it was said that whoever could untie the knot would be ruler of all of Asia. So it had a lot of implications for untying this knot. So... Lots of people came and went and obviously failed, so it was left tied. That is, until Alexander rolled into town. And he heard about the myth, and he believed that it didn't matter how the knot was untied as long as, as long as it was untied. So what did he do? He pretty much slashed the knot in a clean stroke with his sword, and he solved the puzzle. And we all know what happened next. Alexander the Great ruled all of the known world at that time by the time he was 32 years old. So what's the moral of this story? The point is, in regards to our friend, he also has a Gordian knot. If he can find it and untie it, the problem will be 90 to 95% solved. What is the Gordian knot? Well, I don't know, but based on what he told me, there just seems to be a lot of confusion 
There's a lot of external things going on, a lot of external actions, and just overall ambiguity. And in this case, the solution, the Gordian knot, might be just to just stop caring. Like, just drop it and stop. You know, at the outset, you may be like, oh, you need to care, and this your sister, and blah, 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 blah. And the question I would ask is, who said? Who said I need to be so desperately involved in other adults' business? And that statement would be incomplete without a discussion about the locus of control, which is today's topic. So if you look out into the world, you see that there's just a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of arguments. There's a lot of strife. There's a lot of panic. There's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of people moving here, moving there, doing this, doing that. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of movement. A lot of external stuff that will, quite frankly, keep happening whether you like it or not. But if you look at the common response to a lot of things that happen in the world, it's to keep intimately involved with things happening externally. And to be honest, on the surface, this is not a bad response. If there's a hurricane or a flood that just swept through your town, you could help by helping people out, looking for survivors, donating to a town restoration fund, helping donate meals to people who need them. You know, those things are very pragmatic. And there's an instinctual reaction in all of us to help fix a situation like this. And that comes built in with all of us. But many of us are not trained on when to jump in. Many of us are not told that you shouldn't fight every battle. You shouldn't be involved in every war. So because of this, every battle looks like a good battle to fight and every war seems winnable. So what happens? We end up dissipating our time and energy on things that don't help us whatsoever. And to solve this, we look at something called the locus of control. And your locus of control is a psychological, I call it barometer, that pretty much measures how much control you feel as if you have over your life. Um, And this affects many areas, such as your level of self-confidence, your initiative, and your ability to change over time. Generally speaking, your locus of control or your mental paradigm is the lens through which you view life. So people who have a strong internal locus of control believe that they can make a tangible difference in the world through their own actions. These are the guys you see doing things like volunteer work, learning new skills, and making efforts to better themselves and their environment each day. People with an external locus of control see things as out there, as wholly responsible for either success or lack of it. These are the people who say, oh, the world is going to hell because they watch the news every day, or people who wait for things to happen to them, or they expect that people are going to change for them. So these people are passive. They're not putting anything really in, so how can they expect to get anything out? And it's worth knowing that this is a spectrum or a scale. No one is completely 100% in charge of every aspect of their life. And the truth, like most things, lies in the gray nuances. But overall, to develop a strong internal locus of of control, you ask yourself, what can I control right now? What is in my direct influence? And if you're telling the truth, not much, not much, right? Especially when 
you're first starting out in life, your area of influence is pretty limited. There's just not much that you have control over. And many of us can barely get ourselves under control. So how the hell do we think that we're going to get the world under control? And this inability to control ourselves spreads to other areas. And if I can't get myself under control, maybe I can control someone else. That's the thought behind that. And if you look at the story of human existence, all you'll see, or a lot of what you'll see, is people trying to control other people. Gossip, manipulation, lying, gaslighting. All these things, all these are tactics that we use to control other people, get them to comply with demands. But the problem is, it doesn't work. You can't control this wild, incredible, complicated beast called a human being. Everyone has free will and the power to think for themselves. And if you try and control control other people, they will resent you. They'll just hate you. They'll hate your guts. And if you think back to adolescence, this is what happens during adolescence. You feel so mad and so angry that your parents are trying to hold you down and cramp your style. So you start rebelling. You start staying out late, doing things they said you shouldn't do, hang out with people they said you shouldn't hang out with, all this stuff. Everything you do is a conscious or unconscious reaction to them trying to control you and put rules on you. You're not doing these things because you want to do them. You're doing them because you want to spit in their face, so to speak. So control doesn't work out that well, as parents to teenagers know. Control is like rearranging a messy desk. You transferred the objects from this corner of the desk to this other corner, but the objects are still on the desk. So going back to the brother's email, I pretty much told him that his sister is a grown woman. She shouldn't need her brother to take take care of issues for her. It's an instinctual reaction that a brother would want to protect his sister, but the fact of the matter is, you're not always going to be there. You're not always going to be there, right? What happens if you or her move to a different place and a similar situation comes up? What then? Are you going to fly and go and take care of this? It's just not reasonable. It makes no sense. It's just making her dependent on you. On top of that, the other man's behavior is not something you can control. Yeah, you could probably beat the brakes off of him, but that's not going to solve anything. He's still going to have the same type of thoughts about your sister. So what do you do in this scenario? Again, you can advise, but you don't interfere. You can tell the sister ways to avoid him that don't involve dangerous things like climbing beyond something that's past her capability. You could have her see a counselor or a therapist. You could have her talk to your guy's parents if your guy's parents are still around. You could uh, have her do all these things that she can use to be pragmatic and proactive. Whether she takes your advice is, again, out of your control, but there's so many things you can do that don't involve direct confrontation and make the things worse. And that's the problem with not thinking clearly, right? You can't find solutions to seeming problems. Your vision is cloudy, so you can't cut the Gordian knot with a clean sweep. Pivoting slightly, the main priority for everyone should be on themselves first and foremost. 
Everything else is just a bonus. Again, here would come the cries of, oh, that's selfish and blah, 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 blah. Let me give you an example, right? Let me give you uh, probably two examples. The first one is Bill Gates. Everyone knows Bill Gates. He's a massive philanthropist and he's done a lot of good around the world. And depending on what generation you're in, you know him either as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation guy or the Microsoft guy. And obviously, uh, he's been doing a lot of philanthropy now. And you ask, where did the time and money to start philanthropy come from? It came from Microsoft, of course. It came from focusing on himself and his craft for years. He had laser beam focus when it came to making Microsoft what it is today. And as a result, he's one of the richest men in the world and has the time and money to give back because he focused on himself and because he focused on what he can control. The second example I'd give is, um, let's say a mother who has a newborn child or a mother who is pregnant. That fetus, that child in the stomach is dependent on the mother taking care of herself and watching after herself. The mother isn't dependent on the child. The child could, uh, she could have a miscarriage, but then she'll still be alive and intact. Obviously it would be traumatic, but the child is the one that's dependent on that parent to take care of themselves. Without the parent taking care of themselves, there is no proper birth. There is no good birth. The mother has to be in a good place psychologically, physically, emotionally, all of that for her to have a successful pregnancy. So therefore, the locus of control and the focus should be on herself and her needs, not necessarily the baby's needs, which is paradoxical, again, because, again, we're not trained this way. So paradoxically, again, focusing on yourself will give you the ability to focus on others and their needs. Over time, what you can directly exert control over feasibly grows larger because you have more assets, you have more resources from developing yourself. That time when you were in your salad years and you were focusing on grinding and hustling and you're focusing on building something up, especially if you're familiar with building a business, you know that you need intense focus on different things, cutting people off, not answering calls at this time, not texting at this time, being very strict, very, being very um, shrewd to build up a business. I mean, anyone who's built up a business knows that, and that would be like preaching to the choir. So building yourself up is the best thing you can do. I'll give you um, one more example from my life. I spent many years and months learning and studying, learning and studying, doing and trying, stretching out, and there was a complete dynamite focus. As a result, from this period of laborious effort, I came out with many jewels, many artifacts, things I can present saying, this is the result of my effort over X amount of time. If I didn't have that inner intense focus on things, I would have nothing to share. If I didn't take the time out to read those books and learn from those experiences, you wouldn't be listening to this because there would be nothing to share. So I can compare that to when I didn't have an internal locus of control. I didn't see myself as an agent of change. I didn't see myself as someone who could have a tangible effect. 
I was worried about what people would say or think about me. I was worried about not offending people. I didn't ask what I wanted. I didn't do what I wanted. And all of this was because I was concerned about the reactions of other people, which, again, you can't control. You can't control. And I spent years like this. Years. And it wasn't like I didn't do anything with my life. On the contrary, <clears throat> I did a lot. I did, I did quite a bit in, in the early years. But I'd have periods where I didn't give a shit about what anyone thought or said to being overly focused and hypercritical on what they said and how their uh, interaction with me went. Oh, did I say the right thing? Did I make her laugh? Did she find that funny? Um, do they think I'm cool enough? Blah, blah, blah. All this, all this, all this nonsense. So now I'd say I have a more grounded sense on things. I take other people's opinions and thoughts into consideration, but at the end of the day, they don't affect the final action. I'm still going to do whatever the hell I want to do regardless. And it's all because I have an internal locus of control. And as you start to develop this internal locus of control, you start seeing opportunities. You start seeing things you didn't see before. You start seeing areas to exercise your will and make life better where you can. You stop saying, stop worrying about who said what and who did this and all that matters is what you can control. And that's why when my friends would come to me with this nonsense from the news, talking about this, somebody said this, they said this, or um, somebody said this, and somebody did this, and uh, why, they, why, why did they do this, and all this stuff. All this stuff that people do and say, it, it, just, it just, it's like water coming off a duck's back. I mean... I don't, I don't care because there's just so many bigger things in life to care about. I mean, like, come on, are you really going to be focused on what someone on the news said about so-and-so? And, -so? and you, you, you let that eat up your entire night. Like, you roll in that anger and that shock and that offense for, for days. I mean, how is that a good way to live life? And it's not. It's not because... When you don't have an internal locus of control, everybody will always be able to be your puppet master. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be an attractive woman. It could be your boss. It could be uh, a friend. Everybody will always pull your strings, and then you'll have no say about it. You'll have no say whether you want to stand or sit down. You'll have no say on whether you want to speak or shut up. Everyone will always dictate your responses, and you'll always be at the whim of other people. So... With an internal locus of control, when you, when you develop that, you stop worrying about all this nonsense and you start getting down to work. And the thing you can control the most in regards to this is your self-development, your ability to sharpen yourself into an individual value, someone who can give to others because they first gave generously to themselves. And that's exactly what my new course, Cornerstone, is designed to do. Cornerstone is an intimate look at the construction of the self into an asset that can affect larger change in the world. Once you learn the fundamentals of what makes someone an effective individual in the world, you can start being that larger change. You start with yourself, then your family, then your friends, then your community, then no, who knows how big it can go. But you are the example. You are the catalyst. You are the cornerstone. If you want more details about the program, there's a link in the description of this episode. So that's all I have today. Some thoughts on control 
And I thank you so much for listening to Unstoppable Rise. I truly appreciate everyone who listens and sends in thoughts. So until next time, stay focused. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in and listening in. I truly appreciate your support and your attention. It means a lot. If you like this content, go ahead and like the content. Go ahead and share the content with at least two other people you think would benefit. Doesn't hurt to spread the good stuff around, right? And if you're listening in on iTunes, go ahead and rate the show with a honest rating. This will definitely help the show grow. And I truly appreciate your feedback. So until next time, stay good. Take care of yourself. Take care of other people. And peace.